A hush has descended over the orbital. The corridors of the upper rotunda stand empty and glittering with a frost in the half-light. The few brave souls who do venture out of their quarters are wrapped up in several layers of thermal clothing, hurrying from place to place with clouds of vapour billowing around them. A crew of Habitat engineers are working on heat exchangers in the orange glow of a heat lamp liberated from McThargoids. On the parade, things are a bit more lively. There are colourful stalls selling hot drinks and questionable sausages. A man is juggling fiery sticks, and couples are ice skating over by the arrivals desk. Wonders have entered into the spirit of things, and are selling a range of heated nipple clamps. Someone has strung up a fancy fairy lights, and Gusto the Clown has made a rude ice sculpture. They've thrown a blanket over it now, but that's just made it worse. The security Momus Bog Spaniels have their warm coats on, and curling is the sport of the day. In the absence of curling stones, the teams are using some old shield boosters that were lying around. Floor mopping guy is in great demand as a sweeper, but they can't get him to stop sweeping, and most of the stones are now in the McDothargoid's front window. The tannoys crackle, and the music falls silent. Everyone stops what they're doing and turns, listening. The icicles shake loose as a voice booms out. Our mics are live! Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Hutton Orbital Live. We have the studio all toasty and cosy. I'm Wilma Fingerdoo, the hostess with the grossest. So it's time to meet tonight's presenters. Hang on, I'm not gross. You're just jealous because I've got a fried egg, monster munch, cream cheese, curly whirly and worm sandwich with extra worms. And you don't. Do you want a bite? Sorry, I was uh, scratching my bum and then accidentally picked my nose with the same finger. Did you say grosser? Because um, I've got something green and I think it might be stuck to this button. Hello, I'm your Hartmanns and I dropped my picnic bar into the cat's studio cat's litter tray. I mean, I found it again, but there aren't any nuts in it and it's all dissolving when I didn't get my tea. Well, they certainly were gross. I'm normal snookers and I have to sit in a room with this lot and their assorted smells. Let's get on with the headlines so I can get out and get some fresh air. The producer goes missing. Kidnap or catnap? Pilots mould the Thargoid problem. Too hot, too messy. Update week 24. 3309 Zeon's rich list reveals startling source of the cash of the wealthiest in the galaxy. Atrus 5060 brings us a long list of things to do about Tharg. And a comfortably short peek at the flashing ankle of Hutton's system states. This evening, worrying news from the Pilots' Federation, as the first broadcast of 3309 appears to have been cancelled. 
for pilots looking forward to seeing newly married Private Arf, sorry, Pirate Arf, his sidekick, the Gambit, and maybe even a wave of pink as the PWAF lands on the docking pad at Shinrata. Plus, of course, access to all the latest in seasonal paint for your ships. There's only a postponement. It turns out that the power behind the power behind the galaxy is an agent of the Pilots' Federation, known by the codename The Producer. Some say that he's a disembodied voice. Others that he's got a steam deck which he controls the galaxy from, and a voice box that doubles as a soundboard. But we know him as Adam. Unfortunately, the one thing that the PF can't produce this week is a producer. And without producing a producer, the production has ground to a halt. Of course, unable to stop themselves, the communications team from the Pilots' Federation are gamely sitting on their sofa and waxing lyrical about this week's pretty pictures, and playing a copy of a recent Galnet News Digest to many plaudits. But the only person watching is the studio cat. We're not even sure if he's listening, as at the moment he's giving himself a tongue bath and contemplating knocking the hut and mug off the shelf behind him. Adam, as he's known, has either A, got mods and hasn't got a hut and mug, B, gone for a nap, and after a few weeks off due to the hard work in challenging all the calendars, changing all the calendars over to 3309, C, has been kidnapped to stop the Pilots' Federation giving away all their secrets, or D, all of the above. So, we wish him a speedy recovery, have yelled wake up, and have reminded everyone who might have kidnapped him that we'd like him back in one piece, and with, at the very least, all the essential parts working. In the war against the Thargoids, there are many plans to win, most of which involve big tables with little model spaceships on them, big sticks and much chin-scratching. Some people have taken to using game theory to try and work out the best tactic, which involves either dusty copies of Elite Battle Cars or some dice and the EDRPG rulebooks. Others have comprised a wish list of things that make Thar go boom faster and have submitted them as a petition to the Pilots Federation for their consideration at their next staff meeting. These have included 1. Getting more people to do the pew pew thing, brainstorming ideas for how to achieve this, have included giveaway paint jobs and declaring it a community goal, which always seems to bring people out of the woodwork. Though what Flossie would make of the various tier rewards for shipping in booze and performance enhancers Insufficient quantity to induce hand wavium in making maelstroms disappear as anyone's business. Maybe a double engineered ice cream machine for the ready room of your carrier. More, two, more guns. In the absence of more people to take part, there's the option of making the people that are tougher than the genetic union of Jean Claude Van Jameson, Ramier's gut bacteria, Chuck Norris, and a bar of nugget. Or nougat. Given that we've already enhanced the anti-xeno guns to have more pew to the pew pew, the available option is sticking more of them on your ship, without causing it to spontaneously combust or shut down. Controvers- 3. Controversially, pile off the work to the NPC Pilots Federation. After all, at the moment a lot of the effort appears to be as cannon fodder in combat zones, keeping things like the Thargoid swarms busy 
while you pop for a quickie reload and a couple of between engagements. It's controversial as, despite there being an awful lot of them out there, most of them lurking around hazardous sites and picking fights with ships, they really shouldn't while saying things like, I'll boil you up! There are concerns that the bottom would fall out of the bounty market if they were all to head for Thargoid war zones. 4. Better scanners Now, this is a bit of a no-brainer though, how effective it would actually prove to be is currently unknown. At the moment, just about the only way to have anything other than the Mark 1 eyeball target as an ex- as an exerted heart on a large Thargoid is to use the anti-xeno scanner. Given that the range of the thing is about the same as the distance from the end of your nose to the outstretched hand, and the speed is somewhere in the same ballpark as the queue at the DMV, there have been calls for scientists and engineers to fit faster processors to your ship, giving targeting computers a solution that lets more people exert more hearts than the new couples on Valentine's Day. Number 5. Science the shit out of things. Give Canon a bunch of cash, a stack of those glowing sweetie things, some Guardian goodies and let them do the thing. After all, trying to science our way out of the problem using Guardian technology hasn't let us down yet, has it? Which solution to go for is, as of yet, unknown. But you could bet your bottom dollar, your last £5 note that Flossie were reporting on something this week. This is which one they've gone for and how many tons of hydroponics and animal monitors will need to ship in in order to achieve it. Oh, hang on! This tea tastes like shit! Too Hot Too Messy has now been going for an astonishing 24 weeks, with total deliveries exceeding 48,000 mugs and gin, courtesy of other courier services. It's another modest week last week, with deliveries down below 1,500 for three weeks in a row. Every mug counts, and also, you may just win a real mug by taking part. What do you get from fighting Tharg, eh? A chance to win a severed tentacle? I don't think so. Two new commanders joined the effort last week, taking the number to 276 participants. Three new squadrons are represented, increasing the number taking part to 91. And of course, more are always welcome. Naturally, Hutton are blazing their own mug furrow across the bubble, having delivered over 21,000 mugs and gin. The winged hussars are still in second place with over 2,400 muggings, and the paladins have been pushed back into fourth by the Buckyball Racing Club, now in third, over 200 ahead with 1895. The undead are still in fifth, and are the last squadron to have collectively delivered more than a thousand mugs. That irritating guy who still hasn't changed out of his slightly whiffy now green Christmas combat sweater is still leading the field with over 4,750 mugs and gin delivered. Some say that he has a reality all of its own, and it's virtual. Waller81 is firmly established in second place with over 4,000, ahead of Nemb in third with over 3,300. Infinite Dreamer is fourth, but being caught by Shea Blackwood, only eight behind in fifth. New commanders have joined the Thousand Club this week. Sorry, no new commanders have joined the Thousand Club this week. The membership is still numbering eight. Of course, we know all of this because it is tracked by the marvel that is the Hutton Helper, and updated live on the Too Hot Too Messy event page at hot dot for the mug dot com slash hot underscore mess underscore two also the helper is now fully updated and supports both vanilla and choc chip versions of the game so however you play and wherever you play your hut and rares contribution will be recognized automatically apart from the mere glory alone 
there is the additional incentive in the form of a chance to win a real-world, Velcro-free, mods-preventing hut and mug. Any commander that delivers 10 mugs and gin in the coming week will be entered into next week's draw to win a real Hutton mug. Unless, of course, you already have one, in which case you've already been immunised against mods and don't need one. 21 lucky commanders have accomplished this feat so far, and you can see a little golden mug next to their names in the top commander's table. So keep listening for this week's winner to be announced in the banter bit after the news. If you had delivered 10 mugs and gin each week, you'd have now racked up 230 deliveries next to your commander name. How do I join in the fun, I hear you ask? Well, first you need to sign up by downloading the Hutton Helper from hot.forthemug.com download, where your mug and gin deliveries will be automatically registered for you by Antarius's genetically altered, multi-flavoured bionic hamsters. The Bank of Zeons, the only reliable bank in the galaxy other than stuffing credits under your mattress or your carrier full of high-value goods in the hope the price goes up, keep their finger on the pulse of where everyone in the galaxy is making their credits. They're keen to ensure that when it comes to a certain part of society making cash hand over fist, they don't get bored as bored customers stop making deposits and without big deposits, the wheels of big business, capital investments and free giveaways via community goals stop turning and the galaxy grinds to a halt. Or at least the human part of it. The 3309 report into the members of the Pirates Federation's members' wealth has turned up a surprise. Gone are the days of bounty hunters rolling in cash like Scrooge McSidewinder with his money bin. Traders have fallen far behind everyone else when it comes to the oodles of bundles of notes in holdalls lying around the place. Even that old favourite, the Robigo Run, has nothing on this year's top-tier Rich Bastards of the Galaxy list. It's bespectacled exobiologists. Okay, some of them don't wear spectacles. Some have wide-brimmed hats and leathery, leathery whips. But the most rich in the galaxy have one thing in common. They're traipsing uphill and down dale and poking their dissonator at strange things. Experts in the honk, map, lands, pork, walk, pork again, walk some more, pork again, just to make sure process. Exobiology is where it's at if you want to make a pretty penny. And what's more, we're not ta- talking the head off. We're not talking the need to travel to the far-flung reaches of the Milky Way in search of rare life forms in order to make your money. A simple trip just outside the bubble, say 300 light years or so. Find somewhere that hasn't got someone else's size 9 boot prints on it yet, preferably something with a sulfur dioxide atmosphere and two life signs. Look for something that the cat sicked up. Pork it with an analyzer. Don't get in on your, on your shoes and one stratum technic tectonicas later, you're nearly 100 million credits richer. Find a system with five of them and bingo! Want micro sample of space goop with sort of the crazy scientists with the accents over at Vista Genomics and you've got enough to buy yourself a nice ship. Five of them and you can get an anaconda with all the trimmings. Fifty? Well, that's a whole fleet carrier. All that for enough biological material to fill a small flask. 
Exploration purists like our very own Commander Wotherspoon are eager to state that it's not about the cash, it's about the stealthism, furthering exploration in the name of science. Finding that one metallic fungoid on the top of the impossibly steep hill you can't see from your ship. Or the thing that looks rude so that Beetlejuice can paint it. Or space loafers and stacked bongo drums. Completionists are up in arms that system after system has been scraped of its high value items, leaving untagged pools of icky bacteria and forest after forest of boring radar dish shaped goodies out there. However, if you want to join the rich list, sniff the sulfur dioxide and poke the squidgy thing in, you're laughing all the way to your own water world complete with granny annex and hot tub. We miss the days of seeking weapons where real pilots made their cash. Okay, Atrus5060 here with a quick preface. Preface or preface? I'll never remember which one it is. Anyway, um, updating with the fact that yes, it's a long and it's very important, this message. Some player groups have had a hard time out near the Cocky Joe Maelstrom and have yet to get a single victory over the Thargoids. Oh dear. I'd love to see a big turnout from Hutton to show them our support and really emphasise the PWP, that's player with, oh, pilot with pilot, that's the one, um, attitude that we hold near and dear. And anyway, on with the report. Good evening, truckers. Atrus5060, reporting in from the front lines with your latest updates on the Thargoid War. It's been a good week for our anti-Xeno pilots across the bubble, but this war is not one yet. Starting with the good news. Hackswing, alongside the Oya, was it OYA, I think it's Oya Battle Group, has successfully repelled the Thargoid invasions in hit 11111 and Yamaki rather quickly. We then moved on to assisting Canon Lab 69 in their experiment to liberate Heidi's Sector EQ-0, or is it an O, B6-3, that's not a B, an unoccupied system from Thargoid Control. This experiment has given humanity's first ever reclamation of a system, as well as giving us our first solid piece of evidence that a further Thargoid control system is from its maelstrom, the less resistance we face in reclaiming it. They just can't be bothered to head all that way. Further tests are needing to be done to confirm this, but it's a promising lead so far in understanding the Thargoid strategy, which appears to be can't be bothered. Unfortunately, it seems we weren't successful in defending Jeng and the other three Thargoid alert systems near the Oya Maelstrom. <coughs> Excuse me. Thus leading them to being invaded this week. That's terrible news. Across the other battle groups, victories were seen in Chanyaya, Vogulu, Namayu, Hovandala, Hip 21380, Heidi Sector, YZ-0 or 0, B6-3, and Muru... 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 Oh, doogies. Muru doogies. An effort was made to also save Hip 20492 near the Endra Maelstrom. However, Thargoid reinforcements arrived before we could completely push out the invaders. Boo to Tharg. 
Anyway, some special shout-outs to Hackswing Pilots, Tollian, Captain Dash MD, and the Hibernator, who's come out of hibernation, for their impressive kill counts over the last week, and to Commander's Boobtron, Ooh. and Sinister Hedgehog, Brickley, for evacuating over a thousand civilians. Your efforts are an inspiration to all of us here in Hackswing Command. While we've been successful across many fronts, there's been fierce opposition against humanity's efforts near the Cocky Joe Maelstrom, with many squadrons putting up a fight but not having enough support to fend off the Thargoids. A call for aid was put out by Commander... They do this deliberately, you know. Balbalunufus. Balbal... Uh, doofus of the Federal Liberal Command, bunch of hippies, as well as appeals to the AXI from Congressus Tenebris and Riders of the Void for additional support. Hackswing will answer the call and join up with the amazing pilots of Congressus Tenebris, Luna Rising, Dracov Corporation, Riders of the Void, Fuerza de Defensa Cruz del Sur, Bright Star Venture, Nomads Galactic Tribes Alliance on their little donkeys, Tongue Company, oh sorry, Torg Company, Blackbird Squadron, Federal Liberal Command, Federal Republican Command, Minutemen Falcon's Nest, Ice Storm Squadron, Deutsche Elite Pilot and Staffel, Elite Danger, oh my goodness, Elite Dangerous AU and NZ, Explorers of the Anarchy, Noobs with Attitude, thank goodness that's an N, Fear Ragnarok, Stellar Nebula Project, the LOSP, Diavol, you know what, I had some of that once, gave me awful runs, Wraith Shipping and 51st, 51th Missilia. When, oh my goodness, that's a list, isn't it? When asked about the last month fighting the Cocky Joe Maelstrom, Commander Bubble Anufus had this to say, it's been unforgiving. Congress's Tenebris fight hard and have remained resilient. That's awfully good of them, you know. As system after system burns, they ever build support from factions near and some far. Shadow President Winter's call makes sense, and federal representatives have used our weight, particularly after Christmas, at the Council, drawn in local support and directed federal forces to fight in Cocky Joe and in other independent spheres. Riders of the Void, they don't have a little donkey, I think. I don't know what they ride. An invaluable partner must support and fight a buffer nearby Dekiat against attack. In this week, the tide in Cockajo may turn and finally persistence be rewarded with a taste of victory. For that, we may have we have many to thank. Oh, not more lists, please. No faction, no power must stand alone. These brave pilots have laid their lives on the line to hold back the Thargoids, and it's time we showed them they're not alone in this fight. Join Hackswing this week, and Cocky Joe will also be Eds 38, that's all one of them, Lab 69, The Hive, and AXI. Hackswing, your orders for this week will be to help repel the invasions in Cold 285, Sector AF-EB13-4. I really hope you lot are taking notes, because I'm not. And Chibis. If we can achieve victory quickly in these systems, we'll move on to Vokovi. 
Congress's Tenebris has welcomed us into KD Port at Laumas. I've seen some of our carriers over there as well to use as a forward base for operations. Combat and evac pilots are needed, so come prepared. Let's show our allies that we have their backs, in their fronts, and their left and their right, and kick fog out of their homes. And for some of our international commanders, bonjour à tous les braves pilotes français qui défendent l'humanité contre des ennemis qui ont huit faces et un amour pour la couleur verte. Je suis désolé que parler comme ça et briser mon accent français et probablement mes cordes vocales. Défendre la trace. Für unsere deutschen Freunde lieben wir sie auch und finden, dass sie einen großartigen Job machen. Und für die Antipodean-Pilots, Grey Mates, Sheila und Bruce, say they're doing a bonzer job and are looking forward to white wine in the sun with Barbie. I've got no idea what that means or who Barbie is. I'm confused. Maybe code. Anyway, and for the Kiwis, I was asked to say hi to them. Apparently, the pin is mightier than the sword, but the hacker is mightier than the Thargoid roar. And for everybody else, thank goodness that's over for the mug. Good luck out there, truckers. Mia. Psst, Mia. Seamless. Apology officer, come in please. We appear to be <coughs> experiencing a technical glitch with the apology officer. Please wait for a moment while we reboot them. Do do Am I on now? Oh you are yes, yes the reboot worked. There we right. go. Right. I did, I unplugged it and plugged it back in again. Right. Um sorry, I missed that last part of the report. Could you read that again, please? Cassie <laughs> <laughs> will. I think I think Atrus I think Atrus might be banned. From... <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, I clearly have no idea what's going on. You know, I think chicks makes this stuff up. Okay. Anyway, let's give it a bash. Uh, Barnard Star is looking remarkably healthy this week. Well, for Barnard Star anyway, it's thirty-eight percent. You never had it so good, you dockers. And the Epsilon Indy has dragged its sorry carcass back into the green this week at 40%. I know it's barely in the green zone, but let's not look a gift toss in the mouth. Narensis is looking a bit healthier too this week, so thank you to everyone who made the efforts to get these systems on the go. At the overperforming end of things, the high coal looks fit to bust at 65%, so go easy if you're out there. LP245-10 and LP522-81 are both close, so stay away if you can. Let nature take its course and I'm sure it will all be back to normal next week. Priorities this week are, if you want to truck something, boost Epsilon Indy and AVIC. If you want to shoot something, shoot something. I don't care. I belong gone by this time next week and if you complain to checks, I'll deny everything. So, ha! Okay, hang on, that wasn't a picnic bar. <clears throat> okay, right. 
<laughs> making up for last week. Hey, 17 minutes on one article, all on Atrus's own there. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. But apparently we, we do have some, some listeners in from, from parts foreign. So Atrus said, oh, you don't, don't suppose you could say something in French, could you? And, oh, we can't forget the Germans. And, oh, the Aussies. And, oh, all right. I'm just glad <coughs> there, there wasn't a Chinese commander group or... Uh, I don't know. So, yeah, so, yeah, Henry had to do the French, and uh, do the the Spanish this time. Either. Oh, oh yes, he, he's doing very yeah. well with the Spanish. Yeah, but look, well, yeah, welcome, welcome back, welcome to the studio. Um, I am joined in the studio this evening by um, the returning Amelia, back Hello, for another returning. week. Well, yeah, because because you're back from last week. Oh yeah, I was here last week. Yeah, I was I here know. the week before last week. As yeah, well. I know, I know, but I wasn't. So okay, I'm returning to hear you. Hmm. Anyway, yeah. it's lovely, lovely He's to hear you. has been away, but you're the one coming back. Yes. <laughs> I'm just glued to this chair. Yeah. Um, and by the apology officer. Hello. Who, who has a lovely new microphone. I do. And that's yes. why you couldn't hear me in that last half. <laughs> well, technology. <laughs> uh, technology always lets us down. I'm talking of technology letting us down. Litho, you're back. Hello. You didn't run away screaming after last week when everything went pear-shaped. No, I just sat here and cried for three hours. <laughs> just technology, hey? He did, but he oh, had his head off a door frame, and he's only just woken up. Yeah, well, it, it's, you know, brand new microphones plus shows plus uh, I've been there, I've done that. Yeah. I've had the same yeah. nightmares. I, I, I feel yeah. for you terribly. But, um, hey, look, uh, just 17 minutes of awesome. Yep. We Got just... It. You distilled it right down. You put it in one of those Liebig condensers and distilled off the the bits that you needed and just kept those ones. I I just focused on the fact that we finally beat Sean to the shortest show ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, wait, wait a margin. Yeah, he's going to be hard pushed to beat us now. Yeah, just play the, play 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 this. Just like that. Yeah. And, and then I suppose gotta have one bong in the middle i guess and then the theme tune or oh, and a bong one of those and then just have seamless at the end seamless seamless absolutely that's it and and just no no yelling and in my ear yeah all... I've, I've got the microphones on <laughs> just, yeah and then all that's left to do after that is um oh absolutely and put the test oh, card you can up hear the ice cubes you can hear the ice cubes Anyway, uh, yes, and we've also got Flossie. Hello. Oh, you're excited. You came bouncing into the studio this week. Because yeah. I, I think after weeks and weeks and weeks of no community goals, you might be able to tell us which one of those options from earlier, from your the news article, might be the chosen option for this week's Let's Try and Beat Tharg a little bit better than last week. Yeah. Yeah. Or it could be an evil plan by Tharg to take us all off to do some shipping instead of beating his forces. <laughs> which is a dilemma. It is. Yes. Yeah. You know, do, do you take a week to have some practice in the nets or you just get out there and aim for a six? Well, I've had no idea. Anyway. If you're flying a type nine with no weapons, it's not a dilemma. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. <laughs> I may have done. I may have attacked the thug. I realised I'd gone out. I forgot to put my guns back on the crate, and ended up having oh. to ram ram them to death with the crate a few times. <laughs> did that, and how did that work out for you? Pardon? How did that work out for you? Uh, well, I had to take a week to fly out from the bubble and get some rebuys. Yeah, yeah. But well, apart from that, 
Then well, we yeah, and then there was the incident with being sent to jail when trying to defend a station, and you know, all that. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there was there was a Frontier live stream this week. No, no, oh, oh. no. There definitely was because I had the note sup- in my diary and everything for it. Yes, my uh, my uh, diary reminder went off. Yeah, well, you see, the, it looked a bit like I put it up on screen. Let's see that that's the reverse view of the studio, and you see that chair in front of the desks. That's where producer Adam is supposed to sit, and unfortunately, producer Adam has come down with mods. We have had confirmation he's caught mods, and it's the COVID-flavored mods as well. Um, yeah. And on the basis that being behind the decks means he's breathing towards all the presenters and things, um, they I think they decided probably not a good idea to give the entire community team mods. You you stay at home, and please don't give us plague. Oh, and that's get well, quite, get well soon. That's quite a fancy studio setup, though, isn't it? Yes, it's not bad. Those rows of buttons. Mm. Those rows of buttons. We like buttons. Yeah, yeah. we like buttons. There's Do you know what? Ones, the, look, there's red ones. There is somebody in the galaxy that nice. knows what all the buttons, knobs, and twiddly things do as well. Yeah, it's smooth. Yeah. Anyway, I'll put that one away again. There we go. I'm bring this one back up. So, um, yeah, Sally MM, pilot of the PWAF, did bring notice of the postponement. Um... Uh, they wanted to be fully transparent on the reason. It's not because they hate us. It's not because they've got nothing to talk about. It's because they've got plague. Or they don't want plague from producer Adam. And on the basis that... They do hate us, but that's not the reason. The, the, one of their options was the B team of Litho, me, and uh, Joshington Bob. Um, yeah, I, I don't think they went with that option. They've heard this show before. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anyway, uh, well, on the basis they've robbed everything else from the show, I wouldn't put it past them, including playing, you know, the Galnet News Digest and yeah. all those bits. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. Uh, any, anyway, um, so oh, I'm going to pick on somebody, Amelia. Yes, we've got a special notice slash announcement slash thing we to do. say. Yes, yeah, yeah. we yes. do, and and uh, you know, it's it's reason to celebrate, even though we've had all this bad news about Frontier not doing their live stream so what are we celebrating today we're celebrating nocti's birthday yay, yay. happy birthday nocti happy birthday are we Nocti. going to sing to him i think we of should we i think we should I thought okay. it was obligatory. I do yeah, love also the way when when you listen to it back that in our ears we're all in time, but when the stream comes out we're all marvelously out of time with each other due to I don't in know, my, internet. In lag. my ears we are at no point in time, and there's only one of us in tune. tune. With, 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 that's <laughs> Flossie. It's not me. Flossie, Flossie, <laughs> give me give me a C. Happy birthday, tune. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, there we go. Right, quick, quick, quick. One, two, three. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. That's set. That has set the moments bog spaniels off howling. <laughs> oh my goodness! Right, and our listeners just all dropped out of the stream. <laughs> anyway, yeah, come back. Yes, Why did that happened. Oh, my Is that ears. A issue? 
I think all three of them have just reached for the mute button and run away. They, they've often watched somebody <laughs> smooth and mellifluous like that Woolies chap that we keep raiding at the end of the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, it must be a Twitch issue. They all disconnected simultaneously, so it must be a server problem. <laughs> yeah. Fire alarm sounding. No, we're not yelling that word yet, Volcarius. That's naughty. Right, um, so so we, we have some space news. Uh, Apology officer, do you want to, to talk about the first one for us? Well, yeah, give me a wee second here to actually open it up and see what it's about. It, I it's remember what one it is. Well, it was it was something to do with oh, jumbo jets, yeah. And, yeah, jumbo jets and rockets and Cornish virgins. Um, How did it go? Badly, <laughs> right? So well, first it went really well, and then it went badly. Um, it's, it's so it went badly in, in a relative sense, though. I mean, it was over one one part that sense. What, Yeah, it it took off and it fired away and it went away up into the sky. And then the, the first bit broke off, and that was okay. That was meant to happen. <laughs> it came off went, in your hand. Whoosh! Yeah. Whoosh! And after the second whoosh, they went, hang on, that's nowhere near where it's supposed to be. Oh, hang on, it's falling. What do we do? Watch it. Um, and it then the, there was some plummeting, um, and then it got wet. Yeah, <laughs> anomalous. Somewhere <laughs> off the west coast of Africa, I think it sort of um, plummeted. Yeah, it's... It yeah. just yeah. It, so it went, started off really well. Yeah. Now here's the thing that there was. Hi Eugene. <laughs> Hi Eugene. Um. Yeah. Um, Hi Eugene. 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 The green room's over there. Yeah. Um. Right. Hi, well, Eugene. Here's the thing about it. There, there were there were a few tens of thousands of people watching the launch as well, and there was a lot of commentary in there that basically it was five guys in a shed with a copper with his jacket over the back of a seat on one side, um, next to the kebab <laughs> next to the kebab van, and they borrowed a a camera from the 1980s and strapped it to the rocket. Now. You know, NASA is a very expensive operation. They have 400 people in the room with the latest screens, and there's a reason why NASA rockets cost billions of pounds. Now, the idea behind this one is we're not trying to spend billions of pounds. We're trying to get the stuff up into space, which in theory would have been great if it had got there. But yes, the live stream wasn't exactly high budget. So it was a bit faulty towers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was a bit 1970s sitcom in terms of quality, but hey, look, yeah. they, was it hmm? was it that episode where he starts whipping his car with a birch branch? Yeah, wasn't, wasn't that an advert? <laughs> yeah, it was it was one of those. But basically, and there were a load of people stood in a car park to watch the plane take off, and then of course the plane then flew out of sight before it dropped the rockets. They basically saw oh, yeah, yeah. a jumbo it, jet it take off in the middle of the Atlantic somewhere. But if you watch the, um, I think they had. Um, that's that plane finder uh, app on screen. So you could see that plane going through with no call sign and all the other planes being kept well away from it. <laughs> it's about to launch and an enormous rocket. Why. Yes. Yeah. And there was a good reason they yeah. went from there because the path of the rocket takes it past Spain and down past the west coast of Africa where, where it's not going to land on anybody's house. Um, it might land on a boat, but I think the boats are all told to stay well clear as well. Though, you know, what you can do if you're in a boat when somebody says, oh, it's heading for you, is quick, turn the engine up a bit. Um, you yes. can't exactly swerve out the way of uh, an incoming rocket at the speeds it was doing or plummeting. Yeah. It definitely will yeah, have hit terminal velocity. Or yeah. not doing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It yeah, did how- get pretty high, though. I mean, it was way up there. Yeah, it did. But um, then it. Yeah. Yeah, it just came, came down very quickly. 
and uh, then there was some JWST. Um, JWST, Litho? Yeah, it's uh, celebrated its first birthday of launch, and, um, well, the American Astronomical Society's first meeting since it started returning data was last week. So an awful lot of people have been finally presenting their papers on the research they've done, and there's an awful lot of JWST news appearing right now. But basically, all we re really care about is they've released a batch of really, really pretty pictures. No, I, I might have, I might have one of them to pop, pop up in a second. No, let's just see. Do I have one here? Uh, pop it up on screen from the JWST. I mean, there's all sorts of nebulae shots, and and there's, I mean, the yeah. planet Neptune, the the real glowing one of the planet Neptune is, it almost looks transparent. Yeah, um, there's some absolutely stunning ones of um, some bubble galaxies, and there's there's a great one actually. I think it's the Pillars of Creation that they've got the um, the before and after, so two different versions uh, wavelength wise. Oh yes. So you can see one that's um, and there's a swipe bar that you can just move backwards and forwards if you follow the link, and one of them it's uh, lots and lots and lots of clouds of dust and gas, and then you swipe it across into the far infrared, into the near infrared. And suddenly it's full of stars. Well, and they, they actually took like a picture of um, Dimorphos as well, where we smashed something into that asteroid, a 160-mile-metre-wide rock that was orbiting another rock. And they actually and managed to, to, to catch the plume of about a 1,000 tonnes of dust kicked up on impact as well. So, you know, it, it's it's doing some oh, Phantom Galaxies M74. I mean, that thing looks like something that yeah. we, we scan with a you know a bioscanner or whatever. But um, £10 yeah, billion... Project. I've got one of the images up on screen at the moment. Um, I, I mean, it's a and other space, but we see this every day when we look out the window of our spaceship. But um, we're not used to seeing it in down here on planet Earth quite that clearly. Yeah. Um, I mean, it looks like an art. Very it looks like something Beetlejuice would have drawn, rather than yep. actually taken a photograph. Yeah, Beetlejuice draw a galaxy. She would have drawn something like that. Yeah, if you if you imagined a galaxy and a nebula and all those bits, yeah, it would look like that. Right, um, so the next one on the list, uh, Flossie, have, have you got the list mm -hmm. up? Uh, um, I've got it in front of me, yeah. Yeah, so we're, we're, down, we're down to the third one now. Um, the, the, what, what's this one all about? Um, let me have a look. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to take this one? You can look at the next one. Yeah, you, you look at the next one. We'll, we'll give the apology right. officer this one, and then, then Amelia can come and come. Actually, this is an Amelia kind of thing, but I'll explain why in a minute. But um, go yeah, on then. You they, take you take they this one. Are, they are slagging off the internet, and um, what they're saying is, when we look back at it in fifty years' time, it'll just look bizarrely archaic and things like that. They're also saying that. Um, it's likely that your workplace will be in the metaverse somewhere, so you won't. It won't be behind the screen or anything like. You'll actually interact interact with objects like kind of through a uh, augmented reality and things like that. So you'll, you know, you'll be in a workplace which doesn't exist in the real world, if you like. I don't you think know, it'll happen. Like, I mean, well, it's, I mean, it's tough enough when somebody, yeah. it's tough enough when somebody steals your stapler and you know they're only two desks away. Do, do you know, they could tough. be on the other side of the planet. Yeah, and it's tough enough to get your boss to actually let you work from home well, sometimes. So you know, but I mean, in the Hollow Me workplace, it's the Hollow Me. So you got your Hollow Me workplace. Uh, you you get shouted at by a Hollow boss. You go to do a Hollow commute, uh, and then you put your lunch in the Hollow kitchen. And somebody steals your Hollow lunch for the Hollow fridge. Well, I mean, Amelia, this... that. never mind your stapler. What if somebody? I mean, this is something we did during during the ECM that we did a couple of years ago, the virtual one after COVID lockdowns, where we all went to visit your house in VR. 
Oh right, yeah, I remember. And you oh, were you you were you were firing there. darts at my face and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that was fun. I, I've got up on that, screen no, now. That, that wasn't VR. That was real. Oh right. Okay. Well, I've I've got up on screen now. Look at the graphics. They're saying it could look this good in fifty years. Oh, Dang, just, that's yeah, sweet. Yeah, I mean, that that looks like Flossie's house in Second Life. It's that good. Oh my yeah. god, that is so bad. 15 years ago. So it's not in real life. <laughs> I mean, who would think of running a virtual, I don't know, a virtual radio station where people, you know, virtually connect up and broadcast a show every week for seven years? I mean, somebody's bound to come up with it sooner or later. <laughs> yeah. I um, just kind of think as well, if you were in 3D virtual reality or augmented reality or whatever, you'd sell a bit of beard than that, wouldn't you? Oh, virtual yeah, hollow me? beer. Not you. Not, no, no, beard. I can't grow beard. a beard. I've tried. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, you need to get a stick on one then. Oh, with one of those noses and glasses and a, you know, a fake if beard. You're in, and... if, you're, if you're in the metaverse, you can have a beard and nobody can say anything about it because it's yours. You can be whoever you uh, want. Get yourself, you get yourself a hollow beard and then you can get hollow soup on in your hollow beard. Do you think I could pull a hollow beard off? Well, it, as long as you haven't yeah. used strong glue. Oh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, you could, do you mean pull it off, or do you mean look good in it? Pull it off. Um, both. You could yeah. look good in anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, crikey! A message from the what you guys have been doing this for going on seven years. Yes, we've been right, doing this yes. for seven years now. So yeah. I, I better, I better let you know who this is. Uh, this is a friend of mine from my guild in World of Warcraft. Uh, they're called the Reliquary Institute, and I told them about you guys, and I said, "Hey, I'm streaming tonight. Do you want to come listen?" So, uh, well, w- welcome, that's, welcome, that's welcome, on, welcome on board to all all the silliness here. Um, I'll talk to well, more space. We, we can only apologise. <laughs> well, it, no, I can apologise. <laughs> I'm from what? None of the rest of you allowed. Yeah, it's my yeah. job. Stop stealing my thunder. Right, <laughs> ne- next one then, Flossie. Are you Eugene? We're very, very sorry. Well, um, oh. for everything. We've got to tell Eugene about the next one, Flossie. Did you did you manage to look this one up? So our next yeah, space um, news. Let me put a picture up on screen. Here we go. More space news. Apparently, a new partnership between the satellite phone firm Iridium and chip giant Qualcomm will bring satellite connectivity to premium Android smartphones later in the year. Androids in <laughs> space. What androids? Well, we're talking C three P one R two D two. Androids. Oh, they're not androids. The things that aren't the the lovely iPhones. The other things. You know, the oh, ones right. that are in water the price. <laughs> so, yeah, so we basically, can tell. <laughs> so we're sort of they're acting like satellite phones as opposed to talking to a mast down the end of the yeah. road that's disguised because, as a tree. Places with mm. no mobile coverage, handsets can connect with passing satellites to send and receive messages. Right. It's it's an it's initially text be... messages only, so I wouldn't get too excited. I might be able to get a signal in the back room. Well, you probably get better signal than you do in this middle of central central London or something. It's, it's which seems to be a permanent not spot for mobile phones. <laughs> you know that 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 third world city that's definitely not a yeah. major technological hub at all. Right. Well, moving along then. Back to the apology officer. What? Hang on a minute. <laughs> well, right. I'll do. I'll do this one. I'll do this one. Um, right, am I on the next space race? Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've put. A, I'm putting a picture up now for you. Look, it's it's a giant rocket. There we go. Yeah. 
it's pretty much it's the Americans against the Chinese as the next space race. Um, and obviously they're doing things like, you know, moon bases, and this is what's going to drive us forward. The same way the Americans versus the Russians kind of drove us onto the moon, this is driving our return to the moon, permanent uh, permanent habitats in space, and, you know, moon bases and possibly even Mars, that kind of thing, you know. Yeah, so I think I mean it, actually the the um, the fact is it's not that sort of Americans and Russians anymore. It's got nothing to do with the current well, it may do, but theoretically nothing to do with the current political situation and the the bad behaviour by a certain president over uh, over in Russia and uh, all yeah, the evil things he's been up to. What it's actually got to do with is the, the the fact that the stuff they've got up there is pretty rubbish and is falling to bits. It's and- old. Yeah. I think it's the thing. Yeah. Yes, it's been um, there for a while. It's it's not rubbish. It's it's good stuff, but it's getting old. Well, of you course, know, Ch- remember... China's already got a space station out there in orbit. Yeah, they got their own one. Yeah, yeah, they've done their own. And they've sent stuff to the moon and and Mars already. And yeah, so mm. I, I think I think I mean a bit of competition's healthy, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Because you want to be first, you want to stick your little flag in it and say we were there first, or at least if you're American, it's a, it's a favourite thing to do. Uh, it used to be a British thing to do, except we realised that everybody got upset with us when we tried sticking flags in their thing and um, kicked us out. But um, yeah, yeah um, it, I mean, it's, it's got a price tag of somewhere in the region of ninety three billion dollars, which for it's about as much as Elon Musk point. wiped off his share value with one tweet. Yes. Very possibly, yeah. Probably, oh, £76 yeah. billion. Yeah, well, it's. Um, I mean, they're also looking at, obviously, um, new rules as well, because it used to be that it was just governments that could afford to get into space, but now there are businesses oh, going yeah. to space, and all the rules that are out there are about sort of um, country, not country versus country, but the rules on how countries should behave and not own things and whatever. But now that businesses are going out into space, there's a whole pile of new laws. I mean, 1967 was a de- very different different world, but um, they're looking at uh, you know how to um, make companies pledge not to sort of misuse the resources out there and, and misbehave as much as they are countries. Countries yeah. doing so as well. The Outer Space Treaty was signed in 1967, but obviously wow. only covers countries, not businesses. Yeah. Although I'm sure Space Force are all over it. Oh, there are space lawyers making an absolute packet out of all of this. Right, um, and then in terms of um, space news, I, I, I haven't got a picture of this one yet because it's a it's a video. Well, I might have a picture. Um, oh, so who 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 wants donuts? Anybody for donuts? I'll, I'll do the donuts. Ooh, Ooh, I donuts. might be able I might be able to um, say, get a picture up for you. Hang on a second. <laughs> I space like donuts. donuts. Yeah, space donuts. Well, I mean, this is really cool because I mean, it's the way the the guy describes this event happening. It sounds like David Attenborough. Have you actually read this? Basically, oh, yeah. Hubble has found a hungry black hole and it's twisting a captured star into its gravitational pull into this really Whoa. unique donut shape. And it's kind of cool. But the way it reads, it says, these are termed tidal disruption events. But the wording belies the complex, raw violence of a black hole encounter. There is a balance between the black hole's gravity pulling in star stuff and radiation blowing material out. In other words, black holes are messy eaters. <laughs> it's like David yeah, Attenborough. Yeah, it is. Right. I mean, yeah. are you sitting comfortably? You read it like that too. Yeah, and, and, and obviously the yeah. writer of this is reads from um, the apology officer's book of big words that, that you you got for Christmas because it uses words like quiescent. Yeah. 
Yes. I mean, you don't often use the word belie. No, no, you, you, no you don't. This is true. It's, it's, a, it's a nice word. We should use it more often. Yeah, anyway, it, basically... You really want to know if he waxes lyrical or not. He tells you that a wayward star plunges into the gravitational abyss. Oh, Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Well, well, basically, space, space donuts. Gravitational abyss. Space donuts. It's pretty. Yep. Yeah, well, it's very pretty. A, a friend of mine did say, a friend of mine who's a midwife did did say that it looks also like the kind of cushion that, that they recommend some people sit on after um, yeah. uh, after uh, having babies because it sort of <laughs> just provides you know support in the right places and, and anyway yeah um, so it, it looks like one of those. Um, it does <clears> look like a pale cushion. That's true. It does. Uh, well, there you go. There's. Yes. Um, so um, anyway, well, that's our space news for this week. We haven't got any more space news. We do like this is sort of turned accidentally into a feature, hasn't it? It's not something we originally yeah. planned to do, but we're fascinated like by it. it. Yeah. And look, I managed to get some pictures up this week, which was which was great. Back to real <laughs> space instead of the imaginary stuff back from the year. What are we on? Twenty twenty. I don't know, 3309. Anyway, um, so back in 3309, um, we are doing the Too Hot, Too Messy campaign. And depending on how you read the articles, we've either given away 21, 22, 23, or 24 mugs. I think it might be 23. But it's it's time for us to announce who has won this week's Hutton mug to keep the mods free for their efforts in the last week. Now, before we do the reading, Flossie... Yeah, well, I know we mentioned it earlier. Um, how does one win a Hutton mug at the moment? Well, you need to uh, have Hutton Helper um, installed of of the uh, online version, and you've got to um, sell at, at least ten each mugs and gin over the previous seven days, and then we'll be put in a draw, and if. You picked out the draw and haven't won one before you'll get win a Hutton mug and, and just and just where can we get the Hutton helper oh yeah that's a oh, good yes, question oh yes it's hot.forthemug.com and 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 uh, there are details then, yeah yeah they follow the various links there now in response to one question we had through uh, you do have to sell them to somewhere that hasn't already had them Yes. And you can find those details out on that page. And no, you can't sell 10 of each in one go. That doesn't count. It has to be 10 <laughs> to 10 different locations. You can't shortcut it. You can't cheat. But anyway, um, Litho, have you, have you got the uh, the drum kit handy? I certainly have. Go on, then. This week's mug winner is Veldas Tomes. Congratulations, Commander Reldas Tomes. Um, so how might... Uh, Amelia, I'm going to pick on you this time. How might somebody claim their hut and mug from us having been announced on the show? Well, this is very technical, so listen closely. You have to email. That's email. I took part, all one word, at huttonorbital.com. And you have to send us a little bit of proof, like a screenshot or something, proving that it's you. And let us know your address where we can send you the mug. Yep, and contact details and then the, um, the the Hutton Postal Service. Now, we do know at the moment there was some disruption to international postage after somebody hacked the Royal Mail. Um, so we might have to sit on it for a few weeks while they undo the hacking. But um, if it's a UK address, we can get it out straight away. If it's an international one, we've got to wait until the Royal Mail is sending international parcels again. Or it might cost us an arm and a leg or you know an apex taxi to get it to you. 
Um, but yes, Reldas tomes, if somebody wants to um, find them or notify them in-game, there is a little marker that goes up against their name on the Hutton Helper website. But if anybody knows Commander Reldas tomes, please do let them know. They have won a Hutton mug. If you don't claim it, we're going to send the apology officer after you. <clears throat> Thank you for the, the segue into my, my, my best, my most favourite part of the week. What do you call... A fat anteater. Grady. Dennis. George. A large fuck. Oh, dear me. That is our sign to move on. Aardvarks, aardvarks. You're going to run out of aardvark jokes sometime soon. You really are. I think they bought a book full. I found a website. Oh my god, you found a website. And it hasn't been shut down yet. Somebody please do a takedown notice on it. Right, Flossie, are you you ready? I'm picking at the good ones. Oh, you're only being. Oh, I'd hate to hear what the bad ones are. Right, (laughs) Flossie, you're all excited about this because you're back, you're back. Back, yes. Right, I have your tune ready. I've got the magic button. I hope it's the right button. Are you ready? I am ready. Right, Hutton, sing along time. This week's CG News. Yes, CGs are back. New G- CGs starting today, 19th of January. Deliver resources for experimental weapon stabiliser. Azimuth Biotech has requested deliveries to LHS 1163 to manufacture a module that increases Axe weapons capacity. A press release from the Corporation's PR division stated, Azimuth's dedication to defeating the Thargoids, which stretches back more than a century, has reached a new milestone with the development of our experimental weapon stabiliser. This proprietary invention redistributes the physical stresses that Axe weapons place upon the ship's infrastructure. The Class 3 and Class 5 variants allow ships to be outfitted with one or two additional Axe weapons respectively. Supplies of meta-alloys, insulating membranes, HN shock mounts and beryllium are required to begin mass production of our successful prototypes. All shipments should be delivered to the Glorious Prospect megaship in the LHS 1163 system. Sufficient resources will allow the Class 3 variant of the experimental weapon stabiliser to become available immediately with the Class 5 variant reaching the market a short time later. As an additional incentive, the new modules are being offered as rewards to participating pilots. If Tier 1 is reached, the Class 3 experimental weapon stabiliser will be made available at rescue megaships on the 26th of January. The Class 5 Experimental Weapon Stabiliser will be made available at Rescue Megaships on the 2nd of February. 
If Tier 2 is reached, the top 25% of participants will receive one Class 3 Experimental Weapon Stabiliser on the 26th of February. Of Janu- January, sorry. If Tier 3 is reached, the top 50% of participants will receive one Class 3 Experimental Weapon Stabiliser on the 26th of January. The top 25% of participants will also receive one Class 5 Experimental Weapon Stabiliser on the 2nd of February. All participant module rewards will be placed in storage at the Glorious Prospect. The campaign began today, the 19th of January, and will run for one week. If the final target is met earlier than planned, the campaign will end immediately. To earn rewards, you must sign up as an active participant before delivering meta-alloys, insulating membranes, HN shock mounts and beryllium to glorious prospects in the LHS 1163 system. And second CG is Protect Azimuth Biotech Initiative Deliveries. Azimuth Biotech is also overseeing a bounty hunting initiative in LHS 1163 to protect trade ships bringing shipments of goods to the glorious prospect. Bounty vouchers can be handed in at the megaship for additional credit rewards based on contribution levels. The campaign began today and will run for one week and the final target met earlier than planned, the campaign will end immediately. To earn rewards you must sign up as an active participant before handing in bounty vouchers at Glorious Prospects in the LHS 1163 system. Only bounty vouchers handed in after signing up will count towards your personal contribution total. And that's it for this week's CG News. Blossy told you what to do. Before I hand over to the apology officer, just, just, I heard you taking a breath there. We had a request from the floor. How drunk will I know, yes. Well, I was. I said, oh, it's a sing-along and a request from the floor. Again. But what about the other one? We missed the other one. Is there another one? Yes, there is. The <laughs> yes, the, the yes. other song. Because there hasn't yeah. been an interstellar initiative for a long time. No, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there ever will be, unfortunately. So what do we think? Should, should, should we just give them a, a little dose of the, the short interstellar initiatives? Ah, uh, go on then. God, oh, it's, it's yeah. been so long to celebrate Flossie and having CGs back. Do we want the short one or the long one? What do you think? Quick, long one. Straw poll. Hands up, long everybody. One. Long one. Long, long one. one. Long one. Long one. Right. I always want a long one. When Do you know? The universe is in trouble. Bug infestations in the bubble. It's appropriate. Your home stations burn rubble. <laughs> what on earth, earth could we do? do? When your faction leader's a dog and your daily tasks are a slog, you're feeling like a youth cog. What on earth can we do now? Interstellar initiatives Let Flossie tell you what it is Then you can get involved with this You should listen to what Flossie says Interstellar initiatives Flossie tells us what she thinks it is Then you can get involved with this Now you should Listen to what Flossie says. Listen to what Flossie says. What on earth can we do? 
do what Flossie tells you to. What if she talks nonsense? Interstellar initiatives. Let Flossie tell you what it is. Then you can get involved with this. You should listen to what Flossie says. Now we said we can put this matter to bed just keep a voice in your head Flossie told you what to do and now we hand over to two mighty titans of news it's Beetlejuice and Wotherspoon with the Galnet News Digest News Digest, 19th of January 3309. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, guest editor ChatGPT tells us about the latest news from around the galaxy. I am unable to provide you the latest Galnet news as it is constantly updating. Galnet is a news feed system that provides news and updates for commanders throughout the galaxy. It covers a wide range of topics, including updates on events, initiatives, community goals, and new features. It can be accessed from the cockpit menu and is updated regularly. However, if you absolutely insist, I'll see what I can do. Emperor Arissa Lavinia Duval has expressed satisfaction with the progress of the Empire's military and scientific advancements since the Battle of HIP 22460. She credited the Senate for generating funding and opportunities for the revitalization of the Imperial Navy and highlighted the Imperial Science Academy's xenological research as a priority. Hadrian Augustus Duval, who was once considered a political rival to the Emperor, has voiced his support for the Empire's withdrawal from cross-superpower operations. Political journalist Cassia Carvalho reported that Hadrian's views align with traditional imperial values and isolationism, and that he may serve the Empire in a more official capacity. However, fears of an imminent Thargoid invasion have sparked public protests on the Empire's homeworld capital. Political journalist Cassia Carvalho reported that Chancellor Anders Blaine addressed the crowd, assuring them of the Imperial Navy's swift response to the Thargoid threat and the safety of the citizens. Emperor Arissa Lavinia Deval also addressed the crowd, reminding them of the Empire's heritage and duty to defend itself. However, Princess Ashling Deval publicly asked Emperor Arissa Lavinia Deval to pledge Imperial resources to a cross-superpower anti-Xeno initiative and work with the Alliance and Federation to reform Aegis. A handful of senators supported Princess Ashling's plea, but others criticised her for challenging the Emperor's decree. There has been no response from the Imperial Palace yet. Gudrun Vestergaard, a royal correspondent for the Imperial Herald, commented that this might cause friction between Ashling and her cousin, Hadrian Duval, who has long held isolationist beliefs that align with Imperial policy. 
The court-martial verdict of Admiral Aidan Tanner has been officially overturned by an executive order from President Zachary Hudson. He was convicted of mutiny and unlawful military action when in November 3307 he attempted to take control of Hindmind Starport while in command of the Musashi megaship, claiming that databanks at the headquarters of Taurus Mining Ventures, as Azimuth Biotech was then known, contained evidence that Salvation's anti-Xeno superweapons were designed to attract the Thargoids into populated systems before they were deployed. A legal review last September, after the Proteus wave was used to entice Thargoids to HIP-22460, substantiated Tanner's claims. His sentence was commuted to time served, but his dishonourable discharge was upheld. The granting of clemency by President Hudson quashes the convictions of mutiny and unlawful military action. Fleet Admiral Tayo Mayokori also supported this presidential pardon, and Admiral Aidan Tanner has been formally reinstated and is already being briefed on strategic plans regarding the Thargoids. Azimuth Biotech, a corporation, has outlined plans to support the war effort against the Thargoids by improving ship anti-Xeno firepower. The corporation has established a research and development division specifically designed to improve the AX armaments. CEO Torben Rademacher explained that the corporation is working to increase the upper limit of AX weapons a ship can utilise, and that the research teams are already reporting promising results. He also stated that the corporation has moved away from the Proteus Wave technology and adopted a more conventional direction, as the superweapon project was a failure. He further added that Azimuth Biotech is not responsible for the loss of life in HIP-22460 and that the Proteus Wave was deemed an acceptable means of ending the war. The corporation has revealed prototypes of a module which improves hardpoint capacity for AX ships at the TZ Arietis Weapon Expo, which was well received by the media and resulted in successful deals to commercially manufacture its experimental weapon stabilisers. Azimuth Biochemicals CEO Torben Rademacher went on to issue an urgent appeal for commanders to provide the materials needed to manufacture the AX stabilisers. These stabilisers are believed to be crucial in the fight against the Thargoid invasion. In a statement released by Operation Witch Hunt, the initiative dedicated to tracking and documenting the Thargoids, it's made clear that while the operation will not intervene in the initiative, it does not condone or forget the actions of Azimuth Biochemicals under its former leader Salvation. The statement specifically references the company's acts of mass murder and attempted genocide, as well as its attempts to sabotage the work of the research organisation Aegis. Commanders are urged to come forward and provide the materials needed to produce the AX stabilisers. It is imperative that we come together to combat the Thargoid threat and put aside past differences for the greater good. That's all the Galnet news today, but I'm enjoying this so much, I think I'll do Hutton Orbital news too. <laughs> In the show Hutton Orbital news, on the 19th of January, many humorous scenarios were described. The introduction describes a scene in a fictional orbital or space station where the environment is cold and the people are bundled up in thermal clothing. 
The atmosphere is lively, with stalls selling hot drinks, ice skating and a clown making a sculpture. There is a sport of curling, but the curling stones have been replaced with shield boosters. A crew of engineers are working on the heat exchangers, and there is an announcement made over the loudspeaker that causes everyone to stop and listen. The scene is set in a place where things are happening and is described in a detailed manner that creates a vivid picture in the mind of the listener. The first news story appears to be describing a fictional scenario in which a person known as Adam or the producer is responsible for the production of a broadcast for the Pilots' Federation in the year 3309. However, due to his absence, the production has been postponed. The reason for his absence is not specified, but options A, B, C and D are given as possibilities. The passage also expresses the wish for Adam's safe return and for all essential parts of him to still be working. The second news story describes various plans for winning a fictional war against the Thargoids. The plans are presented in a humorous and tongue-in-cheek manner. The plans include using game theory and petitions to the Pilots' Federation, increasing the number of people participating in the war effort, adding more weapons to ships, relying on NPC pilots, improving scanners and using science and guardian technology to defeat the Thargoids. The passage also implies that the final decision on which plan to use is yet to be made and that there may be updates on the situation in the near future. The third story describes a fictional event called Too Hot, Too Messy, which is a campaign to deliver mugs and gin to a specific location. The event has been ongoing for 24 weeks and has had a total of 48,000 mugs and gin delivered by various participants. The event is tracked by a tool called Hutton Helper and updates provided on a website. The passage also mentions that there are different squadrons participating and individual commanders can compete with each other to deliver the most mugs and gin. There is an incentive for participants to win a real-world mug by delivering 10 mugs and gin in one week. The passage also provides information on how to join the event by downloading the Hutton Helper and registering deliveries. The fourth news story is describing a fictional report from the Bank of Zeons, which states that the most wealthy members of the Pilots' Federation are exobiologists, specifically those who engage in the process of honk, map, land, poke, walk, poke again, walk some more, poke again, just to make sure, in order to discover and collect samples of rare life forms. The passage notes that these exobiologists are able to make significant amounts of money by selling their discoveries to organisations such as Vista Genomics. The passage also mentions that some pilots prioritise exploration and scientific discovery over financial gain and that some people believe that the excessive collection of rare life forms 
is causing a depletion of interesting discoveries in the galaxy. The fifth story describes an ongoing war against an alien race known as the Thargoids in the game Elite Dangerous. The writer, Atrus5060, reports on recent successes and setbacks in the war and calls for support from the player community in a specific area, the Kohiko Maelstrom, where some player groups have had difficulty repelling Thargoid invasions. The writer also mentions the use of game theory and experimentation to understand the Thargoid strategy and mentions specific player groups and squadrons that have been successful in the war effort. The sixth and final story makes little sense, as it talks about different systems' health and priorities that are not clear. That's the end of the news. It's important to stay informed about the current events in the game. Remember to always stay safe and have fun while playing. For the mug. And that's this week's AI-generated Galnet News. Galnet News, we generatively recombine the news so you don't have to. Well, wow. <laughs> uh, thank you, Commanders Beel, Jude, and Weatherspoon. I think we all feel quite redundant now. <laughs> yes, we've been replaced by a computer. Right, yeah. Um, anyway, now over to the uh, Virgin Launcher 1 of news. Crashing into everything and leaving debris all over the place, it's Mia Harkness with the Hutton Helper results. Welcome to the Hutton Helper Results. The Hutton Helper Results are sponsored by the Hutton Helper, the only third-party resource to come with a free pair of those dingy socks that didn't sell at Christmas. This week we have the following events. The Heat Death of the Universe Cup, the Icicles on Your Icicles Tournament, the Hot Water Bottle Jarvu Trophy, the Don't Lick Anything Metal Charity Shield, the Jack Frost nipping at your nose is actually frostbite, spectacular, and the I'm going outside now, I may be some time, award. So, get your thermals on, make a cup of Bovril and get a draft excluder across the door. The Hutton Helper results are... Hobbs jumped 20,000 light years to come first in distance travelled. Pyrozine sold 67,000 tonnes of cargo. Bograt is top mission runner with 596 mission points. Alex Zuno handed in 888,888,888 credits worth of bounties. Tolian handed in 1.3 billion credits of combat bonds. And Miet11 delivered 3,018 people to their various destinations. So, decals this week for Hobbs. Pyrazine, Tolian, Miet11, 
Torquay Mouse for Own Mind, Thorn Rose for Object Scanned. Please email I took part at huttonorbital.com and arrange to collect your hut and decal kit, which this week consists of a packet of ice lollies, an ice sculpture of Elf Hutton, and a penguin for company. There have been six Hutton runs in the last seven days. Uh, take it the sales over at Wonders then. I did hear an announcement about cheap cocktails at Fat Ernie's though. Anyway, the top five are Uber Dave, 5993. 1 hour 23 minutes 52 seconds. Jintosh, 1 hour 24 minutes and 19 seconds. Retired Navy IT1, 1 hour 24 minutes and 33 seconds. Norbert Patanod, 1 hour 26 minutes exactly. And Bandicoot, 1 hour 46 minutes and 54 seconds. There is a whole galaxy of stuff out there needing defrosted, exploded, launched, rung in, fast-footed, decked with boughs of holly, motivated, evacuated, unfriended, ejected, manhandled or womanhandled, smeared, deflected, derogated, emphasised, stiff, snuffled, postponed, flip-flopped, mistranslated to and from Spanish, chilled, mugged, ginned, wrapped up with a pretty bow, shipped short, rescued, having their immersion ruined, battered and deep-fried, Repaired, destroyed, bought, sold, squeezed, inflated, burnt, frozen, liquidated, evaporated, smelled, licked, discombobulated, recombobulated, head butted, rubbed, compressed, enveloped, strained, fermented, murderized with two S's, interrobanged, upcycled, violently downcycled, disallowed, reallowed after consulting VAR, smelted, loved, adored, cherished, and probinated. And you can earn yourself a very fetching hut and decal for doing it. To get involved, you just have to go to hot.fordermug.com and download or sign up for the spectacular Hutton Helper, available in three enticing formats. Let's face it, anything has to be better than waking up from cryonic hibernation to discover your family only paid enough to freeze your head. Anyway, that's it for this week. Back to Studio 5. That list is getting longer. Yeah. It's getting a lot longer. How many more ways can you come up with to, to yes, to, to, to do things in the galaxy? I'm sure you'll... do things, yeah. yes. There are, oh, there are many, 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 more, many ways. Many, many more. Uh, is it verbs or adjectives? It's verbs, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, you, you swallowed yeah, the thesaurus there the and then they'd vomited it all over the page. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'll tell you a story about that later. Oh no! Right. Well, look. Thank you very much for that. And and now it's time. We, we've got a new one this week. We're backed on to, to new rares we've not covered before. Or at least I don't think we did, unless we're going a little bit space mad, which we could be after listening to that Galnet News Digest. Um. Anyway, this is not the Galnet News Digest. This is the Galnet Rares Digest. Good evening. This is Amelia Hawke, reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest. We try all the galaxy's rarest and most dangerous commodities, so you don't have to. When the apocalypse comes, 
when the space lanes are no longer suitable for humanity to, to traverse. Or we can no longer navigate the space lanes through the wonder of frame shift jumps. It might well come to pass that on the habitable planets in the galaxy, we're stuck there with our own ingenuity and are forced to live as we once did on Earth. Farming our own food without the aid of complex machines and equipment. A simpler lifestyle. Agrarian. And as we've spread out so far with fewer people for each landmass. It sounds almost idyllic, and indeed some civilizations actively pursue a life away from technology and machines, preferring the toil of the human hand and having the satisfaction of eating food that's untouched by added chemicals or industrial processes. I don't believe that day will come, but if it does, then this week's rare item is one of those that I would definitely want to have handy. That age-old question of what three items would you want to take with you if you were stranded on a desert island? In my mind, it would be down to a choice of two, as one of them would be taken up with this. I'm over at Griboski's outpost in the Fiagre system to see why this rare is one that's on any survivalist's wish list. 86 light seconds away from the jump point is the planet Stevenson, named after an, a renowned explorer who was marooned here back in the early days of frameshift galactic exploration, with nothing more than his ship's hull for shelter, the contents of his survival pack, and his own ingenuity, he lived for 40 years on the planet before being rescued. What he achieved was nothing short of miraculous. He built himself a house, levelled the land for miles around for pasture, planted and grew crops, dug out an amphitheatre just in case people came visiting, built guest quarters, dug his own mine, and even explored and mapped most of the continent he was living on. All of this after ship systems failed fuel ran out, and he was relegated to using tools he crafted himself. The secret to all of this? Well, a creature he discovered on the planet, tamed it, selectively bred, and, as with beasts of burden from old earth, turned into his four-legged version of a tractor, slash food source, slash mount. The giant Verix, the most versatile beast of burden in the galaxy, can be found on only one planet. Here in Fiagre. They don't breed in captivity, or at least not anywhere other than this planet, which means the corporation run by his ancestors are the only source of this marvellous beast. You can buy six tons of this at a time, which is one, and an immature one at that. Buy less than six tons in one go and you're getting a fertilised embryo in a giant growth tank. But six tons it is. These things are huge. I'm standing outside the Stevenson family ranch where they keep their prime breeding stock and looking out across the plain and even from a distance, they're impressive. A full-grown adult giant Varix bull is the size of a prehistoric relative of the elephant's. They live a long time and just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Picture an adult bull, but armoured like a rhino, 
with four horns growing out of its head, the strength of a hippo and the intelligence of, well, a trained spaniel. These aren't dumb herbivores. They're true omnivores. And whilst they don't mind grazing away on the delicious natural grasses and trees, they're just as happy running down other creatures, spearing them on those impressive horns and then chowing on whatever they can find. As for intelligence... Their eyes are bright and alert, and they respond astonishingly well to training. Give them a task, and they single-mindedly, and with mostly good humour, busy themselves stomping some flat land, or, or tilling it with their horns. Need a few boulders hauling out of the way? Well, it's a game to your average Varix. They're playful, too. Sometimes maybe overly playful, where your average spaniel might bring you a slipper or a sock to greet you, your average Varix will think nothing of uprooting a tree and dropping the whole thing on your lap as a gift, or attempting to climb into your chair with you for belly rubs and some fuss. And, well, at, at, at six tons, you, you can see how that might end badly. Herds of these things thundering across a plane when they've spotted you is a, it's a terrifying sound, an eager stampede that has you wondering whether this tractor on legs has decent brakes and whether, even if you do hide behind something tough, whether it's tough enough to stop one who's misjudged the distance. There's an annual Varex riding contest at the start of every year where young farmers try their hand at riding one of the Varex, selecting their own one from amongst last season's new arrivals. Yearlings aren't as large as the full-grown adults. Well, it, it takes 20 or 30 years to achieve full size, but they're easily as large as a bull, and at that age, full of enthusiasm. Climbing on the back of one of the yearlings, and without the aid of a saddle, the farmers quite literally hang on for dear life as the playful Varix decides that it wants to take a look at whatever, or whoever, is on its back. The first young lass out of the pen is sitting firmly astride her chosen Varix, a smaller female by the look of it, but stomping and jumping before the gate is even opened. She's hanging on to the horns. The rear back swept set are almost designed as handles, and the shoulder ridge of the Varix makes a perfect perch. She's doing well. The Varix is spinning in circles, trying to see what's on its back. One way, then the other. The girl looks dizzy, but she's hanging on. Next up is a young lad who can't be much older than 18. He's full of swagger. He's picked a larger Varex to try riding. <laughs> He's really setting himself up for a fall. He's just smacked it on the arse. Okay, with that thick hide, I'd be surprised if it felt a thing. There aren't any predators for these, well, other than humans, who are partial to a nice Varex steak every now and then. But, but that's a huge waste of time and resources. You need a rocket launcher to down one of these, and, and even then... It might just be play-acting and waiting for you to get close so it can go into a stomping rampage. Oh, and he's on the back of it, and it, it's walking calmly out of the pen. Uh, the lad looks so disappointed. I think he's trying to impress the girl from earlier. The Varix has walked over to the fence. And, oh, it's walked through the fence with, with a crunch, not, not hurrying, just like it's going for a wonder. But, well, he's still hanging on. The Varex has just yawned like it's bored. What's that he's doing? He's jiggling up and down, digging his feet into the flank. He's yelling giddy up and yah a lot. 
The Varix has just taken a look over its shoulder and sat down. Oh, oh crap, it's rolled over. Oh, that's nasty. Oh, the poor lad. Oh, it's getting up again and has wandered over to the other side of the pen. It, it appears to be putting one leg up as, it's, as if it's asking for a treat. Oh. The stretcher has come out for the lad, but in truth, they'd be better with a shovel and a bucket. This is Amelia Hawke reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest, and I'm broadcasting from the Fiagra system. And I've met the most efficient beast of burden in the galaxy. All six tons of it. Trust me, you wouldn't want an enthusiastic one to jump up at you for a treat. I'm just right. glad it wasn't me. <laughs> An enthusiastic, prehistoric elephant-sized creature with the attitude of a spaniel puppy. And the armour yeah. of a rhino. <laughs> the armour of a rhino. So, just out of curiosity, was she impressed then? <laughs> well, you know what? After after that, I'm pretty sure she was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was I very mean, impressed was impressed. with the Verex, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, 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 not, it, not with the rider, more with the uh, more with the text than the rider. <laughs> oh, that, that that crunch noise as it yeah. rolled over. I mean, he didn't even have time oh. to scream; it was just squish. No. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, what's going on? Oh no, I know. <laughs> but they are the most sought-after beasts of burden in the galaxy. I mean, th these things can do just about anything a tractor can do, or you know, they, you want to roll an SRV over eight, nine, ten times and squash it flat, ready for you know flat packing. Use a giant Verix, and they're and edible. Dogs like that. Yeah, sixteen thousand <laughs> credits. That's not too bad. I mean, that's, that's relatively cheap, and and they I do mean, last a long time, and they're practically indestructible. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And you don't need to put fuel in them. You just sort of let it out, and it eats its way through a whole forest, or all the creatures or in it, or just just or whatever a... it can find. It's an omnivore. <laughs> You yeah. let it out. How do you keep it in? <laughs> what do they want to play with you? This is the thing. They're so darn yeah. friendly. You just say, here, Verix, and then you dive out the way before it crushes you. Yes. You know, you yeah. see a heel and you realise it crushed it for you. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, they are very sought after. They're, they're pretty rare. I mean, you know, they, they take a while to breed well, and grow. But, um, and they're and, only available in that one world. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, they only... yeah, don't naturally bred as well. Mm. Well, I mean, I don't even want to go into the mating routines of something that large <laughs> yes. and terrifying. It, yeah, it, it's all just I see is all I would see is move any loose crockery off the shelves. <laughs> exactly, the seismometer might be measuring, you know, how enthusiastic yeah. they're being. Yes, but um, anyway, well, look, well, thank you very much, Amelia. Um, oh, ooh. that's my pleasure. Yep. We do have one last thing before we end the show, though. Well, not the shouty yeah, thing, though, because I have to warn people about that because we've got new listeners. Oh, and In that case, we have two more things. And we have to do that sort of slightly things. off mic yeah. so we don't actually deafen them. We wouldn't want lawsuits and things, you know. <laughs> but go on, you, you, ask the question, ask the question. Well, we've got this thing going now, uh, Word of the Week. Mia tells yeah. us what the Word of the Week is. Yes, would you like to know what the Word of the Week is this week? I, I would very much like to know what the Word of the Week is. The Word of the Week for this week is Womble Cropped. 
And can you use it in a sentence, please? <laughs> you can. It's, well, the meaning of it first, the sentence will make more sense that way. The meaning is severe digestive discomfort. And if I use it in a sentence, the sentence is, hot sauce gave her wombo crumped, but she couldn't say no to the challenge. <laughs> I've, got, I've got the wombo crumped, I need to go for a lie down. <laughs> I wouldn't suggest a lie down. Is that, that Verix? You, you might have to mm. go visit the porcelain gazander if you've got yeah. wombo crumped. Yes, I've got, I've got the wombo crumped. Is that what the smell is? <laughs> I, I've had one too many McFargoids and I'm not yeah. feeling very well right now. Yes. Yeah. You know, we should so start we putting the last, you know, last week's word of the week into next week's. Next script. week's, yeah. Let's do Ooh, that. Oh no! There's there's Let's there's a that. challenge. There's a challenge. Well, we're talking of talking of next week. Um, well, I'm I'm disappearing again. I'm I'm hopping onto an airy plane um, over on Saturday to to go back to um, back back to the future? studio. Yeah, no, back to the future. Back to the studio over in LA to catch up with uh, Mr. Delancey this time. Who's Q? Um, and we're, we're catching up with Claudia again for some extra lines. It was so well received that we're going to do some extra lines with um, Claudia Christian. And obviously Gates McFadden, who we couldn't see last time because she had mods and hadn't got a hut and mug. Um, but she's now available and mods free and is coming to studio to do her voice pack as well. Uh, title yet undecided, or at least we can't publish what it is. But uh, she was a, a Beverly Crusher in uh, Star Trek. And also, she was one of the Muppeteers who, who ran the Muppets back in the 80s. And um, Muppets Take Manhattan, I think. She was um, one of the Muppeteers on it, controlling the Muppets. And no. also the choreographer on Labyrinth. There you go. Nice. That big dancing cool. ballroom scene with David Bowie and um, uh, Jennifer Connolly. Was, uh, that was, I believe that was her work, choreographing all of that. Cool. Which is quite impressive. Very impressive, a very impressive CV. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be a delight to meet her and um, f- you know put her together for a, another voice pack. Other than that, so yeah, I'm not going to be around next Thursday. Um, as hey, a result, of being, oh, so <laughs> I'm going to be overseas. Are you going to have another bite of the cherry? Litho? I believe that Josh is um, working on it next week. Oh, it's, it's it's Josh's week next week. Okay. Well, it's, we, we look forward to it. Um, I am going to, because we finish in the studio on Wednesday, ha- actually have time to sit down and pen a few words. So uh, we shouldn't be scriptless, assuming the what? internet works. We're staying at the same place, so the internet was good there. Um, and we are actually catching up. We, we're going to be having a, a dual catch-up. I am actually catching up with Radio Sidewinder while I'm out there. Oh. So, yes, we, we have uh, Commander Ravenholt, who is um, one of the, the brains behind Radio Sidewinder, is actually joining us over there as well as a sound tech, which is his uh, former career, and he, he's been lending us a hand with the sound pack. So we're going to have a, a Hutton Orbital meets Radio Sidewinder mashup at some point while we're there, which is, which is nice. Um, so, Orbital Sidewinders. Well, yes, but, but not the orange Sidewinder, because they, they don't work that far west. Uh, I'm looking no, forward. The wrong side of Diso. I'm looking forward to coming back with jet lag again, which I now know how much I hate coming east again afterwards. So um, I'm going to be enjoying you'd that be one. Coming back, we are the. You'd be better coming back with the people for HCS voice packs instead. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, you can go around the other way. I could go around the other way, but um, <laughs> it's a longer way that way, isn't it? Yeah, but you know, you wouldn't get the east jet lag. 
you just get twice as much west. Yeah, and I think we'd be flying over <laughs> bits of the world that, that maybe are unfriendly to Hutton truckers potentially as well. Bits of the bits of the world that are throwing things at you. You and each other, and yeah. So uh, mm. unless we went over the top, well, I suppose that's a possibility. It's a bit cold up there, though. Holes in the ozone layer, but they're going to be fixed in, I don't know, about 20 years from now, anyway. Um, right, well, that's it for the show for this week. Thank you very much to everybody who's come to join us. Um, there have been drops active throughout this, so we're hoping that those of you uh, who, who missed out on many, many, many hours of catching drops last week have, have made up a, a few minutes. Anyway, um, the drops will be active again next week, I think. That should be the last week of drops, so if you haven't yet topped off your... Uh, your your latest paint jobs then you do have an opp- another opportunity next week um other than that now this is where we put out a warning and we seriously seriously mean this warning if you have headphones on or if you're sitting near your speakers it's about to get incredibly loud in a, in a minute or two so we do recommend for this this next bit um just you know unplug the earphones move them away from your ears a tiny bit we're going to give you a minute or so to to sort that one out. And before I go as well, are, are we are we ready? Unplug your earphones so it comes straight out of the TV screen. Are, are we are we raiding again this week? Before I, I do this, somebody who raiding? Who's on? Well, should we should we raid, should we raid Woolies again? Now he's been enjoying the company. Yeah. 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 Why not? Is it? Can somebody check whether Woolies is actually broadcasting this week? He is. He is. Right, well, I'm going... He's talking in there at the moment, so yeah, you're good. Right, we're we're good. So I'm I'm going to sort that out for the end of the show. So if you want to watch more Elite um, with somebody who's very mellifluous and very smooth, then um, we are going to be raiding Woolies at the end of this stream. Other than that, you've moved your headphones away from your ears. Don't say you weren't warned. Amelia, just slightly off mic, just so it doesn't blow my speakers too badly.
needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere. So shout it out loud like you don't even care. Father Bird, Father Bird. Yeah, you know just where I'm coming from. Father Bird, Father Bird. Now everybody sing the heart and drop the song. That's the end of the show. Everyone's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off too?